Welcome back to the LCL Collective. Cooper Allen here, joined by Frank Longo and a new member of the team, Hayden George. Uh, we'll be doing Hayden's intro interview today. Uh, big changes for season three, obviously moving to a, a video platform. Frank, you and I had a couple months to to gear up and, and get a little bit better looking, but it didn't happen over the holidays, unfortunately. Uh, but, but here we are, uh, live on video. Super exciting. A lot of new changes coming. Um, and like I said, adding Hayden to to the team as well. Uh, we'll still have Ray and, and Salty in the mix for some of the episodes. Uh, should, should be a lot of fun and I look forward to bringing season three to you guys. Hayden, welcome to the team. Yeah, it's good to be here. Awesome. So to give you the uh, the introduction you deserve and, and a proper little intro, Hayden's the founder of uh, marketing companies, a marketing freelancer, uh, started a company called Spec Management. I met him through the music industry, working together with the Ontario Musicians Cooperative. Um, lots, on, lots on this resume. Uh, one of the hardest working guys I know and, and just generally has a passion for, for helping people. I won't steal too, too much of your thunder because I'm sure we'll talk about that here today. But uh, regardless, looking, uh, looking forward to having you on the team and um, getting to pick your brain a little bit in, in this episode just about your background and some of your experiences and, and why joining the LCL team was a fit for you. Yeah, absolutely. I look, I look forward to this. I've been looking forward to this for... I don't know how long we've been talking about this, like a few months now, anyway, that we've yeah, been, uh, sure. yeah. So I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm excited to be podcasting again. I did, uh, I did, uh, try this there at the start of COVID, but, uh, you know, keeping up with it was uh, a bit difficult. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. So what, um, what about the podcast world for you? Um, it is super, I guess, uh, appealing. What, what was your drive to want to, to team up with Frank and, and Salty and, and Ray and myself? Well, uh, the biggest thing is like, I listen to podcasts probably like 10 hours a week. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, I, I got I tons of them that I listen to and it has been the number one driver for a lot of the knowledge that I've acquired over the last couple of years. And you, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm one of the few people who are working within the marketing uh, sectors with, without a degree. Right. I don't I don't have a piece of paper to say, hey, I know what I'm talking about. Um, so a lot of the stuff that I've done um, and learned has been over like probably 30 or 40 different podcasts, different experts talking about what they're doing and then me applying that knowledge and me and me going with it, running with it, going crazy. And now I feel like it's my time to give back. Right. I feel like there's uh, a lot of people out there who don't really know a lot about you know, marketing um, in in the sense of how it's applied, right? So you could listen to a, like a marketing podcast specifically, but it's usually not, you know, anything uh, like applied to anything specifically, right? So working with you guys, you guys come from all different perspectives, uh, different places in business, and, and just adding that marketing perspective to everything else. Um, it's it's a good place for me to show how to, to properly apply that knowledge. And and that's that's kind of the main driver why I I decided to you know join the team. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I know we kind of talked off air a little bit about that, and, and even in, with within our own businesses, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned from from twenty twenty was just how important it is to have good associations uh, to really get through the year and um, be be in a crowd that's that's going to be positive and encouraging. And but but also just in in your business crowd, who are the people that 
can challenge your point of view, bring different perspectives and, and think creatively. So I know guys like Ray and I kind of our, our brains work a little bit more on the finance accounting side and to bring someone in the mix who um, has a more creative background and, and can think of things from more of a marketing psychology angle uh, has definitely been a huge help uh, in, in our own personal and professional development. So um, Hayden, Frank, I know you guys are, are two guys who only really have, have met recently. I've known both of you pretty well throughout the course of my life. Um, Frank, what was kind of the, and I guess between the two of you and just getting to know one another, what are kind of the biggest things about one another that have stood out to you guys and, and what, uh, what what gets you guys excited and, and looking forward to, to working with one another here on the team? Yeah, for sure. On my end uh, with Hayden, it's I'm excited for, uh, you know, what he can bring to, you know, our podcast and, you know, the way he can effectively communicate because that's, uh, you know, that's a big thing. And just like you mentioned, you touched upon it. Um, having that diversity within our podcast is massive. You know, we I feel like we're really expanding and and touching upon every little aspect of life that you know as a collective is is massive and changing lives, right? And and being able to have that outreach towards so many different uh, personalities, perspectives, and individuals. So um, having someone like Hayden on board with his uh, his pre- uh, pedigree and and uh, all his knowledge is <clears throat> is massive. So I uh, know I'm looking forward to it and. Um, it's good to be back for season three because uh, it felt like a really long break, but it was well needed. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to get after it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. What I'm most excited for is that everyone's got a different skill set and a different set of strengths. And it, it's it's almost as though that all the strengths that everyone on the team has is uh, it's it's there's only a little bit of overlap. So together as a unit, we're much stronger than any one person could be on their own. And, and that's what I'm most excited to to utilize throughout this next season. And to uh, honestly, to to make, you know, the LCL Collective podcast and, and other types of media that we're going to be putting out, um, get to the ears of the people who actually need to hear it. And it's, it's going to be a lot of fun in, to do the process. And that's the thing too, is like, we're a team. And um, I think it's also our mindset, our mindset and our, like our, our perspective, like I said, on life is, you know, we, we want to help so many people. And by doing that, we're helping each other as well. Like we, we want to help each of us in you know, our realm and also in, you know, in the world and who we touch um, to get to that next level, to think to a higher, um, higher mindset. And, uh, and, you know, that's, that's the whole kind of purpose of, of this podcast and why we started it um, you know, a while ago. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be uh, refreshing and I, I think it's going to be a lot of great content and I know we have a lot of great guests lined up too, which is, you know, exciting as well, just to, you know, pick their brains a bit and, and, uh, also be able to learn because, you know, we have to be lifelong learners. And I know that's why I feel, uh, as a podcast, you know, we're continuing to succeed in life, even, you know, through this pandemic, cause it's been uh, you know, a tough time for a lot of people, but, you know, we're continuously learning and, and building our brand in a sense. Absolutely. So you had mentioned a little bit about being excited, Frank, to add someone like Hayden with his pedigree to the team. And I definitely shortchanged the introduction with, with what he's done for sure. Um, anything from, yeah, like I said, being the founder of, of Spec Management and full stack creator, marketing freelancer. Um, one of your your marketing clients or I guess artists you're, you're working with, Hayden, had hit over 2 million views on uh, on TikTok. Wasn't that just on one video? You mentioned yeah so one of the one of her videos had kind of gone viral it uh it was it was interesting because we had sat down a few months ago um we were writing a factor grant to get her some funding on uh 
on a, a record that she wants to make. And she had come to me with this plan that, you know, involved hiring a pickup band and touring and, and all this other stuff. And I, I turned to her and I go, you know, we're going to be in lockdown through much of 2021 for the mo most likely, like there's no concerts happening until the, the earliest 2022. How are you going to do this? Right. And, and she kind of looked at me with a blank stare. So we had sat down and came up with a, a digital strategy, um, one involving TikTok and something that I noticed, and this is true across the board for most industries, is that they always want to sell, sell, sell. So in the terms of musicians, it's let me just put up our songs or post up saying I'm excited, I'm recording something or I'm going to release something, you know, in the terms of like real estate, it's, you know, here's a listing or here's a house that I sold. Um, you know, here's a live stream of an open house. It's always sell, sell, sell. And the one thing people forget is that the best way for people to relate to you and like your stuff is to show that you're human, to show that you're a person. So her biggest post, which is hit over 2 million views right now, is just her being her. And and her, her name is Sydney Riley. So if you want to go check out her stuff, she's she's phenomenal. Her music's amazing. Um, but she's also like the quirkiest human being ever. And it's kind of charming. And watching those videos is a lot of fun. And that's kind of what I explained to her was that, hey, let's show how human you are. Let's 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 show that part of you. And, you know, yes, this one video hit two million views, but uh, on TikTok, but her other TikTok videos are performing between two and three hundred thousand per per video, which is huge. And her streams on Spotify. She just opened a YouTube yesterday um, as of the time of recording this and like her her stuff is skyrocketing as a result um and and she's seeing more success from it she's seeing more online opportunities and just because she was able to show that she was a person and she wasn't just trying to sell 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 so that's kind of why that she she kind of went viral in that in that sense and i'm really excited that she's seen that success i'm excited that um she put our plan into action and and that it actually became a success so Hayden, I was going to say too, you can, you can hear the passion, your voice on it, but like, how did, how did marketing, like, when did you become passionate about marketing? Like, when did you realize like, this is what you want to do as a career path as a, at the moment? And, um, and was there like a certain moment that that caused that or like, how did that go? Um, so it was kind of a series of events actually. So, uh, when we started OMCI, Ontario Musicians Cooperative, uh, we kind of were taking note of exactly about what it meant. So the mandate for OMCI is to help artists build sustainable careers, right? Essentially turn that whole uh, moment when, you know, you're in high school and you're, you got your guitar and you go to your parents and you're like, hey, I want to be a musician when I grow up. And they're like, okay, we'll have a backup plan. Like we want to take that off the table, right? Like we want to actually be like, hey, I want to be a musician. And they're like, hey, that's a good job, right? Like we wanted to to make that happen. And I got thinking about it. I got thinking about it. And I was in a few bands at the time. Um, and I was trying to, you know, grow those bands. And I had done a couple things that worked and a lot of things that didn't work. And I I had this moment where I was, I was sitting at my day job and I was working the night shift. And I was just kind of going over all the things. Actually, I was doing a factor grant, just the same I did for Sydney. And I was like, what is it? What is what are we missing as an organization that that everyone else who is being successful has? And it came down to the word marketing. How do we market these people? And so I literally just searched how to market an artist 
and I started digging down that rabbit hole. And before I knew it, uh, like four months had gone by and I was just like so deep in this rabbit hole. I was like, I got to do this more. (laughs) So I started helping out more artists and that kind of became my, my de facto role in the organization was, you know, helping artists grow in that sense. I started learning social media and how all the algorithms worked and how, you know, what, what media best worked on different platforms. And I started experimenting with other artists, friends of mine that I had, I'm like, Hey, why don't you try this, you know, try try this specific thing and, and figuring out what worked and what didn't work. And it really worked out for me. And then I, I was talking to a few uh, people who owned local businesses that I was friends with and realized that these same techniques that I'm using with artists also work for business. And it opened up so many doors for me. And the reason why I kind of became passionate about it was because I could now help people you know, grow their business, scale their artistry, and really just enjoy what they do. If I I can love what I do, if it help, if it means helping other people love what they do, because you know the biggest thing is that there people start businesses and they don't grow, and then they they get really kind of sad about it, and they end up having to close their doors, and that's the one thing I don't like to see. So, um, I it, it kind of ties into that whole helping people thing, and um, I really 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 enjoy it. So do you then on that point, do you see marketing, I guess, as more or less a vehicle to a greater cause or a greater outcome then? Uh, Yes and no. So yeah, this is the vehicle I've chosen to help people. Um, But also, like, I'm a nerd. I don't know. I know the people who are listening on uh, on on audio aren't going to be able to see this, but if you're watching on video, you'll see behind me all my Funko Pops, my Batman posters, and like my Star Wars figures and all that other stuff like that. Like I'm a, I'm a huge nerd, and it's so easy to become nerdy about marketing. Like there's so much stuff going on, so many working cogs, like all kinds of different aspects. Like if you really want to get nerdy about it, you can get into like machine learning and AI and all kinds of stuff like that. And it ties into that part of my life too. So it, it kind of ties into more aspects than just my career side or my music, my, my musician side. It actually ties into every aspect of my life. And that's why I love it so much is because I can relate it to so many things. And I don't feel like it, 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 it stops feeling like work and mm-hmm. it starts just feeling like fun. Like I can, I can have fun about it because I can get nerdy about it and I can come on places like this and just nerd out and you know it's okay because people want that knowledge so i can actually nerd out about something and people want that knowledge versus me just like coming on and nerding out about star wars and people who don't care about star wars are like oh well whatever i don't want to hear this right one one thing that also stood out to me too what you said earlier about you know how you don't have a university degree but you chosen this path like were you scared of taking you know the the road less traveled and you know taking the risk and kind of betting on yourself and you know pursuing what you're passionate about, but also knowing that it's going to be a tougher road in the sense. I actually didn't have much of a choice to take this road. So, you know, as far as my life has gone, um, you know, I've got car payments, I've got, uh, you know, rent and various bills looking at what like OSAP would give me, especially around the time when, um, they cut that, they cut it back really bad. Yeah. There was no way I was paying all my bills and going to college. Zero chance. It just would not work. So my other option was just to hit the grindstone. Just go, right? And honestly, uh, I think I think that's the way to go. I think that's the future. 
the yep. future isn't spending four years in a seat with a professor who hasn't practiced what's going on in four years because they've been teaching and because this changes daily things change daily like uh you know clubhouse just came out it's by invite only it's in closed beta but it's it's changed it's changing how we do things tiktok is changing how we do things um everything changes almost on a daily basis and you got to keep up with it how are any professors who are trying to teach a core curriculum supposed to keep up with that they got to change their core curriculum every day right yeah. and that may contradict what they what they taught last week yeah and right so learning and doing and learning by doing is probably the best way especially in this industry like i almost view marketing more as a trade than i do something that you learn in university interesting yeah. What about the evolution of marketing too? Because you know it's it's changed immensely even in the last you know decade. We just kind of talked about this off air before, but you know, being like going back to what I said earlier about being a lifelong learner. You know, like it's there's there's such an evolution to marketing. Like you said, social media has become a big prominent thing in the last you know few years in regards to marketing, right? So yeah, so it, it's it's about knowing how the evolution works rather than the specific micro knowledge of the history. So like yeah. we know that radio came out and it changed the way we do things. Right. And then radio was the biggest thing until TV came out and that changed how we do things. Right. And TV was the biggest thing until the internet came out yeah. and then that changed how we did things. And then social media came out and that <laughs> changed how we do things. So it's a matter uh, less of, you know, exactly what kind of techniques they're using in the seventies versus now and more of what's the next vehicle that's going to carry us and how do I become an early adopter, right? Especially in marketing and especially on social media, it's about adopting new features early, learning how they work and utilizing them and capitalizing on that. Because um, I'll use like Instagram Reels as an example. It just came out. That's Instagram's competitor to TikTok. Um, what, it, what Instagram likes to do is it promotes posts made with their newest features more than old ones with older features. And if you use those features as they roll out more and more and more, they're actually going to give you these features before they give it to everybody else, giving you an edge, right? Because they show they know that you're an early adopter of their new features and you're going to continue to be. They're going to roll it out sooner to you and you're going to be able to reach an audience with those features faster than a person who wouldn't normally adopt it. But the same is true on a macro sense in terms of vehicles, right? So the people who adopted the internet earlier are more successful now than the people who adopted the internet later. Like a good example is Gary Vee, who was doing email marketing before email marketing was even a thing, right? And he was doing AdWords before AdWords was a thing. And he was paying five cents for the biggest words that are worth $100 now. Being successful and turned his father's business from a two to three million dollar business to a 60, 60 million dollar business. And that happened in the 90s. Right. Yeah. So it's it's about being able to identify these things and being able to act upon it soon. You can't act upon this when you're in, in, in a chair in uh, in school, but you can act upon it by doing. The only thing I can say about that, though, is that not having the piece of paper makes it really hard if you're going to try to get a job. Yeah. Because it's a lot of people, you're seeing it less and less now. You're seeing more people putting equivalent in there, you know, second post-secondary degree or equivalent. Um, but it's still almost an expectation, right? Like they almost don't care what the degree is as long as you have, like you've been to college, you spent 90 grand, so we're going to let you have a job. Like yeah. that's 
kind of where it is right now. And you got to be kind of careful with that. So there are ways to get around it, right? Like being super creative and doing stuff like a cover video instead of a letter and being proactive in terms of instead of being like, here's my resume pieces and what I learned in school. Rather, rather than that, you can identify uh, what people need in their business. And that's a lot easier to get a job. So like a good example is uh, Neil, Neil Patel. Um, he's um, a wicked marketer. Um, check him out on YouTube. He even said like he's he was looking to hire somebody. And when he's looking to hire somebody, he'll get them into an interview and he won't even ask them questions. He'll just he'll just pull up his own website and go, what do I need to change? And ask them what they need to change. And the people with the best answers are the people he hires. He doesn't even ask about if they've been to college or, you know, what their past experience is. He just wants to know that this person can identify what I need and is effective at actually doing it. Yeah. Right. That, and that's so, not even that's not even just marketing either, too. Like that's to me, that's life in general. I think the most powerful question, especially through a year in a pandemic, is just how can I add value to you? Yeah. Whether it's a personal relationship, whether it's a business relationship, it, it doesn't matter. How are we able to complement one another? Who's who's someone in my network that could um, could enhance your life? Mm hmm. And it kind of goes back to the, so I just read the book, uh, uh, killing marketing by Joel Paluzzi and Robert Rose, a, a magnificent, magnificent book. But what they kind of go on to is that, you know, the day of a traditional company is gone, right? Every company is a media company first and then whatever company they are second, right? So Nike is a media company first and a shoe company second. Red Bull is a media company first and a drink company second, right? And the reason why this is, is because they are just there to provide value for the people that that buy their product, right? They've got multiple facets that provide only value for next to nothing and for, for the person to get that value. And now they're buying more product. But the thing is, they're turning these media parts into actual profit centers. So they're actually making money off their marketing, which used to be a cost. So the companies are moving more to this media company model and providing just pure value to their customer base. And they're now, they don't have to sell things at a discount. Coca-Cola has been doing this. Coca-Cola doesn't need to sell things at a discount anymore because of the way that they're providing value to their customers. They can now sell at full price or even at a premium because their customers are so much more dedicated because of the value they're giving they're giving out for next to nothing. Yeah. So the future is value. If you can provide value, it doesn't matter really what your credentials are as long as you can provide value. And it feels better. It, it does feel better. It's, it's why I'm able to be passionate about marketing because I know I can provide value to people. And that's kind of just my core goal is just to provide value. So Hayden, do you have any uh, predictions uh, for the future of marketing in like five years? I know, I know it's tough to look down the line, but do you have, do you see any trends from your own personal perspective? Five years is tough because so much changes in five years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I feel like if this was this time last year, I'd be able to tell you kind of where things are going. But if anything, 2020 has taught me is that one thing can change and everything changes, right? A pandemic hit us and the whole world changed. I can tell you that technology is going to move much faster. Interesting. 2020 has given technology such a boost because of how much it was needed this year. 
that we're it's going to be hard to keep up and i think that's the biggest thing coming out of coming into 2021 in the next few years is that things are going to be moving at a breakneck pace and we all have to be prepared for it absolutely one of one of the things that's caught my eye so far throughout this interview because there's something that i say to people when i talk to people about you naturally i talk about his brain moves way quicker than mine <laughs> And some people say, yeah, this guy's a, this guy's a genius. He knows so much. And it's, <laughs> as I, as I reflect on that through this interview, I start to think about that does kind of short sell you in the sense of the fact that this wasn't just something you were born with. Like it's all, it's all self-taught for, for the most part. And I look at what you've talked about so far, oh, hey, what got you interested in LCL or why did you want to be in the podcast space? Well, because I listen to about 10 hours of podcasts a week and you've you've talked about books that you've been reading or you, you've mentioned LinkedIn and um, obviously being familiar in order to be familiar with what job descriptions look like in the marketing sphere. That shows that you need to study that realm. So a lot of people, when we when we have this conversation about whether to go to school or not to go to school, it's not that you didn't go to school. It's just that you didn't go to school in the traditional sense. You still went to school. You definitely put the mm -hmm. hours in to going to school. Um so it's just it's it's very interesting uh, to me from that sense that a lot of the knowledge that you've acquired has come from hard work and from dedication and 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 that sort of thing. So I guess pointing that out is is I'm trying to point out two things I guess in that is that when we look at someone who we say oh yeah maybe he has something that I don't or she has something that I don't or they're here and I'll never make it there. It's like, well, you can totally do it. Yeah. It's like in order, in order, in order to get what I have, you just have to do what I, I did. There's no like there's no secret formula. Yeah. And you know what's really funny as I heard a quote recently um, and it was it was. What got you here isn't what's going to get you there. Right. So all my studying, all my listening, all that jumping down those rabbit holes and figuring out how everything works. That's not what's going to get me to the next level. I'm obviously going to have to change up what I do, right? Hence, joining this podcast and really just putting all that stuff into practice. That's what's going to get me to where I want to go because that's what I've identified. But when, you just, when you're just starting out and you don't know where to start, the first thing to do is just ask yourself a question. Google that question. Google has the answers to everything. It doesn't <laughs> matter what it is. There's somebody who's answered it somewhere. All you have to do is type in a question. That's where you start. If, you, if you're curious about something, follow that curiosity. Follow your gut. Your gut is your best friend, especially when it comes to stuff like this, with starting in a new career. Trust that gut feeling. Google those questions and be open-minded. Being open-minded is important, right? If, you, if you, you're your worst enemy and you'll hold your own self back. If you feel like you know everything, you know nothing. And that's the biggest thing. Um, so just start Googling questions, start identifying kind of who are the movers and shakers in the area that you're trying to work in and start following those people, start learning from them. And really just everyone's your mentor. Even if they have less experience than you, they know something that you don't. doesn't matter who they are, right? Yep. They know something that you don't. Everyone's your mentor. Listen to them, ask them questions. And that's the biggest thing. Always ask questions. The more questions you ask, the better, because the, the, the more knowledge you can get. If you don't ask questions, you'll never learn more. 
do you think it's stepping out of your comfort zone too at the same time like you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable and that's how you I, I live in my uncomfortable uncomfort zone you have to bro. i live there like how are you going to grow out of the you know yeah. that, or that seed that's going to eventually become you know that plant you know you have to grow you have to go through that uncomfortable stage of growth and then you get to the harvest right and that's mm-hmm. when you actually see the uh the benefits of your of your labor absolutely and like being feeling uncomfortable having that gut feeling of self-doubt all that tells you is that you need to learn more right if you're if you're going to apply if you're applying to a job and you're not confident that you'll get the job it's not because you aren't good enough it's because you think that there's something missing so at that moment look into yourself ask yourself what am i missing why do i feel self-doubt and ask yourself that question and once you figure it out search it google it get on it learn it and then come back and see if you feel the same way so what i like to do is if if i'm like hey what do i learn next if i ever hit that wall if i ever hit the wall of like hey i don't know what to research next what i do is i go to something like linkedin or indeed or wherever wherever you find job postings right and go for that goal job that dream job that you want and find out what they're asking for out yeah. of that role Amen. Highlight it, look at it, and research those things. Practice those things. See if you can find somebody who's going to let you do those things for them, even if you have to do it for free. Go and do it. Get that experience. And then suddenly, you've done everything on that list. You know how to do it, and you can apply for it, and chances are you'll get it. The skill skill set, learning the skill set that you need in order to achieve what you want to achieve. And I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have, right? As they think they think skills and they think, Oh no, you got to be born with it. It's like, no, no, you're born with talent. The skills are, are what you learn along the way. And it just basically what you just summarized Hayden is a very logical, practical, simple. And, and mind you, I say simple, but not easy mm-hmm. way of actually taking a dream that society will laugh at you and tell you is just a dream and actually turn it into your own reality. If you're willing to put in the work. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, even if you, if you don't apply to that job and you do your own thing, you start your own business, uh, like you learn those. Those are tangible skills that you can use anywhere for anything. Yeah. Right. Um, and you carry those with you for the rest of your life. So it's never going to be wasted time. You're never going to waste your time doing that. And that's the big thing is, you know, I, I talk to people and they're like, you know, I feel like I wasted the last three years of my life. And I go, well, what did you do in those three years? And they'll tell me a bunch of stuff that they did. And I go, look, you got these tangible skills out of those three years. How did you waste three years? It's not like you sat doing nothing for three years. You did something. Yeah, right? you, might, you might not have society's ribbon of, oh, maybe, maybe my kids aren't as successful as I told my family they would be. Or maybe I don't have the job yet that my friend has or the size of the house or whatever. But it's like, that's, you got to get out of this mindset of, we're competing against the Joneses. Like it's, it's just, it's you against you. What did you pick up? Like you said, in those, in those three years, what did you get better? And if you didn't then analyze, well, why didn't I get better? Yeah. Cause well, that's, or that's experience in and of itself. Better, better than why didn't I get better? How can I get better? No. It's growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. Yeah. And instead of looking back and feeling bad about your past, look to your future and ask yourself how you can feel good about your future yep. and start pursuing that 
start pursuing that with deadly passion. And, and that's the thing too, is one thing I tell people that people don't really think about is that allow yourself to feel, allow yourself to feel enjoyment, excitement, allow yourself to feel passion, to feel love, all those things. Because the second that you allow yourself to do that, you start having fun. It's no, it no longer feels work. As soon as I allowed myself to get nerdy about marketing, I fell in love with it. And the second I allowed myself to fall in love with it, I knew that this was what was going to be for me. And every second that I do something for, for marketing, I absolutely love it. And, you know, everyone asks, how do you find that one career that you love? Well, you don't. It finds you. And the only way that it'll find you is if you allow it to. Yeah. And, and that's my biggest mindset shift that I've taken in the last three years is I've just allowed myself to feel things. And suddenly I'm in, I'm in a, an industry that I absolutely love that number one, I never thought I'd be here. That's the thing. I never thought I'd be a marketer, not once growing up in school. Uh, I was on tour playing guitar. never thought I'd be a marketer, thought I'd be a musician for the rest of my life. And I fell in love with this more so than even music. And I've been playing music for 15 years. Right. So, and you know, I'm three years into it. So it's not like it's that shiny new honeymoon phase of a thing that I just discovered and I like it. Like I I'm, I'm three years in and I love it more than when I started. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you're three years, you're not regular person, three years in of whatever nine to five kind of like, you've probably gained 10 years of experience in three years with the amount of, like you said, rabbit holes that, that you've been down. And yeah, yeah. three, 10 years of knowledge, three years of experience. Right. <laughs> yeah. What, what I really like that you said, too, is in just in talking about people's pasts and how, yeah, maybe it wasn't as great as it could have been, um, but that it doesn't, Ed Milet basically says all the time, his big thing is your mess doesn't disqualify you from success. No. And that's, that's probably one of my favorite lines, just in the sense of you can apply that to the longevity of a life, or you can apply that to an individual day where maybe I missed my morning routine and it started off the day wrong that doesn't mean you can't win that moment or you've grown up in a small town and that belief's been instilled into you that you either do this and put your head down don't ruffle any feathers don't say anything and nobody in this town chases their dreams they don't no one no one here gets out of here yeah. um, and it's just like you you might have been told that your whole life but that doesn't mean that that's your your reality for a lifetime like you can you can turn that around it doesn't matter whether you're you're 50 years old i think we're going to start to see a lot more as the baby boomers get to retirement a lot more senior printers mm -hmm. starting their own businesses that they regretted maybe not doing when they were a little bit younger and are yeah. wanting how to, to take a shot mm -hmm. um so yeah just that's we all have this kind of within us this whole idea of am i good enough to do that and, yeah, people, and, and the answer like, is yes yeah some people don't even ask that question they just write it off right away and they answer it for themselves and go i'd never be good enough to do that is it a fear of failure though is that what you would think it is a fear of failure a feel of a fear of that like that you know you'd be looked as less competent if you you know you attempted and don't achieve what you set out like is that you think that's the main people side? people's relationship with failure is so wrong yeah they think failure is something that you should never have 
And honestly, if you've never experienced failure, you you will never experience success because success is the catalyst to failure. Uh, so failure is the catalyst to success, rather. And like that's that's the biggest thing is like fail, fail a lot, fail hard, fail miserably, and <laughs> and and love every second of it because when you do, it gives you far more insight into how to be successful than any minor success ever could. And, and that's the biggest thing, like the people who have failed the most in life, if they just gave themselves that honest shot and they're honest with themselves, they would be the most successful people in the world because they've experienced failure like no other. Yeah. Yeah. Relentless too, right? Like you have to, you have to keep like just stand up one more time, go after one more time. And like you said, you learn the best through adversity. You learn the best through failure. That's, that's when you really take in the lessons and the obstacles. Mm-hmm way real realistically right like i kind of mentioned on mentioned that earlier too you know one of those books and i've talked about it in season two you know the obstacles away by ryan holiday and it's massive you know like that's it's all how you perceive things biggest thing absolutely yeah one um well, one thing too i was i was gonna ask i had like a basic template question kind of prepared for you um depending on how the how the conversation went today but it was just around mm-hmm kind of personal development as a whole and um, Mm -hmm. why you focus so heavily on it, not even in the context of marketing, just in in general, I find you do a lot more of it than most. I thought I did a lot of it. And then I looked at you and I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. I guess I could be doing more, but I guess I I was going to ask you why you're doing it and the value you see in it. And it almost kind of the question almost answered itself in our discussion in the sense that it's that old adage of to be interesting, be interested. Yeah. And it's one of those, I used to just think of it from a relationship sense. If I want to be an interesting person to Frank, I need to be interested in him as a person and what he has on the go. And I've genuinely fallen in love with hearing about other people's stories and how I can add value to them. Sure. But the other side of that coin too is, yeah, the more personal development you do, it's very clear that it just, it opens the door to so much more that you're able to talk about. So it's not even that you're interesting just because maybe you're taking an interest in other people, but because you're curious about, to your point, what else is on Google? What could I go learn? Mm-hmm. And you can bring ideas in the conversation that someone else might not know anything about. Like I could say probably 80% of the things that we talk about are things that one of the three of us doesn't know. And it's just a constant cycle of learning. Absolutely. Especially when it comes to learning, like, also, like people can get paralyzed when it comes to learning. Um, this happens with videographers a lot because they they learn. Like I see memes about it all the time, where they'll just go and watch hours and hours and hours and hours of how to be a videographer, and they never shoot a video. Uh, it, it, they get paralyzed with it. So you actually, in order to get started doing something, you only actually need twenty percent of the knowledge. It's that old eighty twenty rule. It goes with a lot of different like software programs. You can do uh, everything you need to do with twenty percent of the program most of the time with most things and it's the same thing with you know marketing business whatever you can you can start doing this with just 20 percent of the knowledge and then continue to learn as you do things and that is the best way to learn right is to get started to just to do it rather than just getting paralyzed in learning just get out there get your feet wet get dirty right get your hands dirty you know you know what's crazy about that too is that you look at it maybe from a marketing realm, Frank, you look at it from I, what, what excites me the most, I think, about the LCL team is that 
so you come from a, a marketing realm, Hayden, I come from more of a, the financial education realm, Salty, we're going to talk to him a little bit about him and his teaching background. Frank, you come from a bit of a coaching background. So we have all, we're all in roles where that's the vehicle we've chosen to go, to go help other people. And just in, in the context of, I guess, learning and growing and, and getting better, the 80-20 rule, it, it applies in the sense that let's say I start in the financial education sector and I only know 20% of what I need to know. Or maybe Hayden, you only know 20% of what you need to know in marketing or whatever. That 20% is going to be at least 15 points more than if you have a client, what they know. Absolutely. And that's so we, I mean, as you go, you're going to learn more things to, to be able to add value to those people for sure. But just because you only know 20% of it, people see it as, oh, I only know 20%. It's like, no, no, you know 20% more than the next person. That makes you 20% more valuable than the next person. So you can still help them. And it's people have that lack of confidence maybe in themselves because they don't feel like they know it all yet. And it's like, well, you know more than that person. So you can provide more value to that person. That should put confidence in you because you should know that, hey, this can substantially help someone. Maybe not to the same extent that a guy who's making a million dollars a year as a marketer or as a financial planner or as a coach could could, could help this person with, but that person's also not getting the opportunity to sit down with those people. So if we have the opportunity to help them, why wouldn't we? And that goes yeah. back to what you were saying too, about being you know, personable and also being authentic like being you. And that's the biggest thing. Like, yeah, maybe you're not that millionaire, you know, business individual, like it, it but you have something that not anyone else has. Like it's your, it's your own, you know, niche in, in a sense and how you interact with others and, kind of going back to what Hayden said too, like you're continuously, like you're, you're going to continue to hone your craft. Like you have to continuously learn and evolve. That's the biggest thing. It's the only way, you know, you're, you're going to keep going in that field because it's always changing any field. Like, like, like we talked about in five years, you know, there's going to be new material, new things you need to learn. And if you're passionate about it, you're, you're going to want to dive in and, and learn about those things and keep honing at your craft. And that's how you continuously help people because you can't give them, you can give them the knowledge about like, you know, five, 10 years ago, but then you kind of, you know, you're outdated. There's more out there now. Yeah. The, the one thing you want to avoid in any industry is to be the guy that says back in my day, we did yeah. it this way. Yeah. Exactly. You don't want to be that guy. You want to be the guy who is, is, you know, touting the now, what is always learning. Um, something I've learned from like the, the trucking industry, working in the trucking industry, as long as I have, is that a lot of like mechanics and, uh like parts guys and all kinds of stuff like that they're 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 that way back in my day we did it like this and i don't want to change right that that industry is specifically stuck like that and in some ways the marketing industry is stuck like that too a lot of people are like this is the way we did it 10 years ago and this is the way i know so this is the way i'm doing it and that's something that i personally aim to change i i personally aim to say hey look we all have to move with the future we all have to move with the way things are going yeah. right no matter what, it's going to happen. It's whether or not, are we going to be the first people to adopt it? Or are we going to be the last? It's so, it's so funny. Cause it's the same in it's the same in any industry, right? Like Frank, if you're, if you're a goalie coach, goaltending is way different today than it was pre masks or pre top notch equipment, pre the game. Five years ago, the games, yeah. even just the game of hockey. Yeah. In our, in our world, in the financial education world, we're not in a world where 
you can get a GIC at 15% anymore or your mortgage rates at 15%. It's a different ballgame. There's different philosophies and just people get sterilized everywhere for sure. But um, one, one more question for you, Hayden, before we, we wrap up here. And I think it's going to potentially spoil a, a little bit of the future and, and what we have planned. <laughs> but, but what are the three kind of main topics that you're most excited to talk about in future episodes? <laughs> oh, boy. That's going to be a good one. Um, I think the biggest thing I'm excited for is to, it's not even just topics. It's its the perspectives of everyone coming on here. So the one thing is I listen to a lot of marketing shows and they have all kinds of people on there. Um, and it's always about marketing specifically. And I'm just excited to get that other perspective. That's not just that to get the other aspects right so if funny enough i'm most excited for the topics and because I'm, I'm not going to give away what we're doing this year <laughs> I, I like having a little bit of surprise uh i am excited for the for the subjects that have nothing to do with marketing and the reason why is because that's out of my comfort zone that's where i don't know love that and I'm excited to just dig dig my claws right into that and and learn so much more, broaden my horizons and my perspective so that I can relate. Like when I go to a client in the future and say, you know, let's work on your marketing, I can relate to them on a much deeper level because I've talked to people just like them. And that's what I'm most excited for. Yeah, That's awesome. Well, should, yeah, should be a, a really good season three. Really looking forward to this uh, for for sure. I know we've got uh, a few pretty cool guests lined up. Uh, switch to videos, uh, exciting as well. Give uh, mm -hmm. give the audience uh, a bit of uh, bit of a change and bit of uh, just just a couple of different ways to be able to find us. Uh, we said right from the get go, if there was one person that we could help from this, that would mean the world to us. It would make it all worth it. And the more we get across different platforms, the more people we're going to be able to help. So. Um, really look forward to having you part of the team, Hayden. Uh, it was awesome to give the listeners a, a bit better of an idea uh, about yourself and, and your background and what they can expect from you in, in upcoming episodes. Um, if anyone does want to connect with Hayden, um, they can find him on LinkedIn um, at Hayden George. Is there anywhere else that they can uh, can find you as well? Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram uh, uh, at uh, Spec Management. Uh, so S P E C K management, uh, you can find me there. Um, that's kind of where I post a lot of my personal stuff. I post a lot of my professional stuff on LinkedIn. I'm going hard on LinkedIn right now. So that's probably the best place to reach me. Um, and like I said, yeah, linkedin.com slash Hayden George. Um, and you should be able to find me there. And yeah, that's the, the two biggest places where I am. Awesome. Cool. And then as always, you can find uh, the three of us, Ray and, and Salty as well through the LCL Collective socials. Uh, we're also going to be hopping on TikTok and, and now YouTube as well. Um, so we'll be on, on those platforms, several different streaming platforms, uh, as well as the usual Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Or you can email us anytime, the LCL Collective at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.